0: Now for the real estate connection with Stephen Fayard, a realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned investor looking to downsize, move up, or refinance, this program is for you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: sales to landscape design to home repairs and maintenance, this is your weekly look into all things real estate. Now your host for The Real Estate Connection, Stephen Fayard. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. We're back,
2: we're back again. Another week of The Real Estate Connection brought to you by Good Patriot Realty a salute to homeownership. If you're out there looking to buy or sell in the near future and you're looking for support, help, guidance on how to get the most money for your house or how to buy a house through these times that have changed in front of our very eyes so that you get the best deal and don't wind up buying a money pit give me a call stephen thayard with good patriot realty at 408-472-0817 again 408-472-0817 california dre number 01700019 hey we have a treat for you today on the real estate connection We have somewhat famous, somebody famous uh, that I personally know and I feel it's an honor to invite him onto the show. Um, We have with us uh, California District 18, United States Representative Candidate, Peter Hernandez on the show. And I'm gonna bring him in right now. And so let's welcome Peter Hernandez with a big round of applause. Ah! Hey, Peter, thanks for joining me today. It's so fantastic, finally using technology to the utmost to bring you aboard, and we really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy man running a candidacy to become our next US House of Representatives uh, representative out of California, um, to go to Washington, DC, and fight for the people of California. And it's really an honor to have you on the show today. Um, So we welcome Peter to discuss his thoughts, since we're a real estate program, uh, his thoughts on the American dream. That's right, home ownership in the United States of America and California. And since he's going to Washington DC to represent the people, um, we know that he has a big job and it encompasses a lot of things. But since this is a real estate focused program, we thought we would ask him about real estate. So Peter, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're running, and uh, then we'll take it from there. Thanks, Stephen. And
1: hello, everybody. Yeah, my name is Peter Hernandez, congressional candidate for District 18. I'm also actually a a local county supervisor. And I would say running for office, just even from a long time ago, the intent was, was to really to, uh, um, to address a lot of the local issues that I was seeing. You know, I know that uh, there was a disrespect for our Constitution and, and really this breakdown, I would say in our, in our civil discourse that, you know, we're not going into a direction of unifying, it seems like there's almost an intent to, to divide us and with that concern and as, as, as a local guy, very much a family man, I love my family. I love my country. Um, I said, it's time to serve. So I, I, I jumped in and ran and by God's grace, I was supported. So, yeah, so that's why I ran. And, and now it's, be, it's for obvious reasons, right? As I'm learning more, I'm starting to realize what's actually breaking down, what policies, what are the things that, that set restrictions uh, like, as an example on local control. I can get into a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, I would say it was definitely very, very much um, a, 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 a mission for me to be in office. Cause now I'm starting to see why it's important for me to push for the things that I am pushing for. And that's in general, I would say representation, true representation, the voice of the people, the will of the majority on the dais and the public hearing it very clearly, right? And the last thing I'll say is definitely there's been a lack of distrust for obvious reasons of elected officials I don't like calling myself a politician. I'm a public servant, and uh, and that's why I'm fighting for representation, right? Because the very you can't complain about the issues if you're not willing to get involved, and so I did.
2: Yeah, and Peter, you know you've uh, represented it, represented um, San Benito County very well um, in that regard, and speaking up for the people and what the people wanted versus kind of what the the narrative was going around, um, uh, especially during the pandemic. And so you were, uh, 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 you you stood out from the crowd in regards to looking out for what people actually needed, which was work, um, keeping their businesses open, and things of that nature. So in that regard, um, I just would like to ask you, kind, of, you know, you're going to be going to Washington to represent the people. Um, what are your thoughts on the American dream of home ownership?
1: I own a home. I'm a proud homeowner. I've realized it's become a conduit for me to build a family generational wealth. You know, it's something that I know I can't take with me uh, when I'm gone, but I love to say that I can pass this on to my family, right? It's a stepping stone. It's a building block. I mean, if you think about what it means to to build not just wealth, but a sense of stability uh, and a a sense of of, of provision for your own family, it it starts to increase creating, I think, a sh- very strong encouragement for ownership as an individual and responsibility, right? Those two things go hand in hand. You know, the sense of integrity, the value of work, right? So even if I'm having a bad day or I'm frustrated or I'm tired, I'll go to work. Why? Because I need to provide for my family. So it's been a very stabilizing element in our society and home ownership is vital. I mean, the founders were profound that they, in their first draft, we're uh, talking about making sure that you had the, the right to life, to liberty and property, right? There was an intention for that because ultimately the sense of ownership, I would say at all layers of your life, whether it's owning property or owning, you know, having a sense of ownership and being a responsible father or a husband, right? All those things come hand in hand with a sense of, of, of duty to serve, you know, those that basically you, you love and care for.
2: You know, uh, it reminds me of the story back in the Mayflower Compact, or I I forget the document. There was an original document uh, put together back when uh, some of the first pilgrims landed uh, in the United States where they all shared property, and they were all going to contribute to a system, kind of like a utopian system, and it failed miserably. And when they changed the paradigm that everybody was responsible for their own plot of land and their own food, that all of a sudden the community started to thrive. So I I completely get where you're coming from where Mm -hmm. when you own a home or you own a plot of land, that it's your responsibility that builds in some maturity into a person and creates stability for families. They know where their roots are. Uh, They know that they're building wealth for the next generation because as we, you know, even enter into a 30-year mortgage and you think, wow, this is a lot of money. Over time, as you can increase your ability to earn and you pay down that debt, This becomes an asset that you can pass down to uh, family members or you can leverage it to do more business or more investing in the in 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 the United States. And as citizens, we're co-owners of the nation. We're participating owners of the nation. And what better way to marry that concept than with owning your own home? So with that being said, um, what do you think is the greatest threat to achieving the American dream today?
1: Well, I would say uh, the taking away of the identity of the individual, right? That seems kind of a broad response. But the reality is, is everything, there's a very, there's been a push for many years, decades, I would say, to federalize every decision in life, right? So now you have this long distance federal government telling you what to do. With your property, telling you what to do, you know when it when it comes down to how you you know what you buy, where you buy it. There's all these rules, and there's in, there's this mingling of not only does it confuse, but ultimately the jurisdictional authority of the federal government to get involved in the the weeds when the Constitution clearly defines that we have enumerated powers. The federal government has limitations, mm-hmm. but to the point is. When you federalize individual rights, you're stripping them of their autonomy, their individuality and their sense of purpose to actually get involved in in the process to address the problem. Right. So I would bring it down to maybe a simpler explanation at the local level. As a county supervisor, we're constantly being checked by our our county council, which is basically our attorneys, Mm -hmm. where they're saying supervisor, if you go down that road, the state has a law that stops you from doing X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. or there's a federal law that says you can't do this, that or the other. Right. I mean, planning, you would think should be always a local, local element. The general plan, uh, sets the expectation that we have a 30 year game plan basically and how we grow Mm -hmm. and what kind of priorities we have, whether it's parks or tourism or, or housing or commercial developments, Mm -hmm. there's a whole plan established. Right. And that means there's a lot of local people involved in knowing their community and basically planning out a process. That's being stripped from us because there's state laws that are now intermingling. Like, well, we think you shouldn't build in the rural area. We think that we sh- that you shouldn't have the the right to uh to go into you know this area or that area. So they're mm-hmm. just telling you what to do and what not to do, and it's taking away the autonomy. And mm-hmm. if you think about that, that individuality element, mm-hmm. when you can't think for yourself because they're telling you not to go down that road of of, of considering a policy mm-hmm. by default, they're they're I would say they're making you more ignorant about how to solve problems. Right. So they're kind of making impotent the local control. So that's why I think federalization, the administrative state, which are all these agencies that are technically under the executive branch, whether it's under the governor, you have, you know, the state OSHA or under the federal government, you have IRS and, and, you know, the DOJ and all these agencies. And I'm not saying they don't have value, but they're definitely getting more and more involved in the daily life, setting restrictions on local agencies, local communities, individuals and and it's basically stripping away our rights and our 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 ability our autonomy to own our property.
2: Well, you know, you touch on a on a on the local and and that's very important because in real estate, even though there's a trend that may be happening statewide or nationally, when it comes down right to it, is real estate is super local. It changes from neighborhood to neighborhood and the price of a house can differ from one side of the street to another side of the street, depending on what goods and services are available in that um, boundary line that that house sits in versus another. And so being able locally to decide what's best for the local community would seem like that's the way to go. And I think the founders, when they put the country together, it was a local-based governing system where they would send local representatives to up to the national government level so that they could speak for what's important to the locals so that it would be protected. And it seems like everything's kind of been flipped on its head where now it's top down where the top is saying we have the idea that'll solve your problem locally where they don't live there, they don't work there, they don't drive cars there, they don't try to build there, they don't understand the weather there. And they're saying that one size fits all And based on what's been happening in the United States over the last few years, we've seen that this one size fits all type of solution doesn't work because every community is different and every locality has different needs. And so you have to be able to um, uh, make those decisions on the local ground. And so what I'm hearing from you is that you like to go to Washington DC and return the power back to the localities.
1: 100 percent. Yeah. And if I can give some examples just to make it more tangible to your audiences, H.R. 3305, uh, that was a house resolution. I'm not I don't think it's passed yet, but that's something that my opponent Olofgren, per- basically voted in favor of to permanently end the debt ceiling. Right. So we're talking about local control and it would seem to be a far distant reality when it comes to local control. But what happens when you have a federal government that's spending beyond its ability to pay for its debt, it, it's going to create an inflationary cycle, which we're feeling now. Now we have an increase in, in, in interest rates to try to curb that inflationary cycle. So now you have a local lack of control because you you have no authority as a local agency to basically tell uh, the the federal government stop spending so much money, you know. So now and then you had ARPA funds which are uh, something that the, the president signed into law. And then you had a, a Congress enacting them, which I know Zoe also supported, and that's ARPA's stimulus fund. So if you think about it, we're, we're basically printing money like crazy. There's not enough, uh, too few uh, uh, goods to, to, to keep up with that money. So you end up having basically the local communities not able to manage this inflationary cycle, making it hard to own property rights. So now you have first time home buyers, not benefiting and and think about the indirect cause of that too. the indirect uh, uh, consequence is now you have folks that the middle class that maybe are a little bit more mobile and portable with their, because they have a a level of wealth that allows them to move out of state. And maybe they have a level of, 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 uh, you know, education where they can, they can take their job somewhere else and, and they know they'll get hired out of state. What happens, who are the ones that are most affected? The very folks that, that these people say they're trying to protect are the ones that are hurting the most with an mm-hmm. inflationary cycle because they're the ones that are staying in our state. They can't move because they're not, maybe they don't have that level of skill set. They're, they're, they're forced to, you know, they basically don't have that mobility. Mm-hmm. So they can't afford it to, to move. And now all of a sudden you have inflation. Now it's crushing them because they can't buy it. You know, they have to choose between filling up their gas tank and buying groceries. Right. And both of them are costing more. So there's just this out of control federal government. I, I say it a lot is part of my goal is to rein in out of, out, this out of control government, because in a lot of ways they're damaging us from with basically directly and indirectly in their bad decision making.
2: Right. So this next question I had is I think you've already answered, but we can talk about it a little bit and I already kind of already know what your, your what your thoughts are on uh, on, on the subject. Um, and, and the next question is, um, do you support private property rights? You've already said yes, because of the way the, the framers put our country together and how um, it creates responsibility. Um, but let's move on to the next question. What are your ideas to protect private property rights as you would go to Washington, D.C., to fight for the local, the local area, District 18, for the people in uh, Santa Clara County, uh, San Benito County? Um, And the state of California and overall as a whole for the United States, because you have a voice. um, What, what are your ideas to protect that idea that this is my private property. I purchased it. I own it. uh, Federal government, local government, you know, don't infringe upon that. Right.
1: So that's an excellent question. And it's funny because you know, through all the controversy and the frustration with the Supreme Court decisions, and it's not just one specifically. There's been like four of them that have had one consistent element, and that's that those they're they're starting to say is this is not our jurisdiction, the federal government. So, like with the EPA or, or however you feel about Roe versus Wade, and, 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 and the um these other decisions, you know, the gun, the Second Amendment one in New York, all these say the same thing is federal government, you don't have this right to strip them of these rights. It's if anybody has jurisdiction, it's the states and the local local governments, right? So it's their job to get into the weeds, figure Mm -hmm. out where they land on things and make a decision. So my goal and that just I mean, I guess that just means is um, the administrative state, right? These agencies that are implementing these policies that are starting to uh, they have been for years hurting our communities. Now there's an opportunity to actually rein them in. And as as a congressman, I would definitely be very, very focused on reining in the administrative state. They call it the fourth branch of government for a reason because it's dangerously it has too much power, it's dangerously uh, grown out of control. And uh, that would be one of my focuses is is how do we take these policies, unwind them and then uh, amend policies that would they would start to enact more authority at the local level and get them to really vet out what it means to address property rights issues right now. I mean, in California, I can't remember the exact Senate bill, but it just, we just had a presentation in the board of supervisors where they mentioned creating a climate credit score where you wouldn't even be able to build a house or you could, but it would cost you a lot more because technically according to this bill, it says you're harming the environment. If you're building in a rural area, Versus centralizing your house, building straight up instead of out. So they create this core score system. And so those are the kind of things where they have an idea. Oh, and by the way, it's unfunded, right? So that just means as local agencies, you have to enact this. Come out, you know, you're the laboratories for our idea. And we're not going to give you any money to implement it. Again, stripping local control, burdening the locals. It seems like it's just this monarch system where they tell us what to do and we just have to do it. Um, So that's, those are my ideas, is I want to empower the locals, I want to empower the states, I think there needs to be a stronger symbiotic relationships Mm -hmm. between the three. You're you're not going to have that with this federalization element, I would fight for for property rights for sure, and change policies where they hurt property rights.
2: Yeah, this top down approach isn't working. And um, it's stripping, like you said, it's stripping the localities uh, from making decisions on what's best for their people. Um, And if you're in a rural environment um, and you have all this open land and you have the need for housing and the state's basically saying no. I know a recent um, bill that was passed uh, by our governor in California to expand housing basically said you can live anywhere as long as it's next to a freeway or a, a, a a high speed rail line or the train or um a busy a busy road so basically you can live next to the busy roads you can live next to the railroad tracks and you can build straight up and, and 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 sit on top of each other but you're forbidden from going out and building on you know nice open spaces where there is nature and they have trees it's relaxing you know the middle class neighborhood dream is being slowly shut down from a top-down perspective instead of leaving it up to the localities for them to decide where it's best to expand housing and what fits their communities um, right. it just it just seems backwards and so with that you know um, what can we do uh, in the real estate community and in my in my uh, my uh, sphere of influence or my listening audience what can we do Peter to support you and your candidacy uh, to become our next representative at the at the federal level, um, in the House of Representatives.
1: Thank you so much for that question, Stephen. Yeah, I'd love to get to know you guys a little bit better and and hear a little bit of the the weeds, right? What are the policies, even obviously federally, that are impacting you? I you know I know that there's wealth tax issues. There's you know there's, uh, yeah, there's all these issues that I want to understand better and understand how to change those policies. So. If there's venues that you guys have events at, I'd love to attend, I'd love to uh, just come meet and greet you. Uh, I, I'd love to see what it means to work together, uh, obviously with an endorsement. that would be amazing. I want to fight for, yeah, so I, I'd love to see what whatever we can do to basically get my visibility out there, I'll leave you with this. When you look at Congressional District 18, it spans from South San Jose all the way down to King City, basically right around Bradley area. Lake Nacimiento is very big district. It officially got brought in from the coastal areas where it, it, it pieced off Carmel area. Everything coastal is officially going to be the new nineteen. Everything from the inland portion of that uh, is is going to be the eighteen. So it's going to be majority Latino. it's officially now big rural agricultural community. Very much pro property rights, ind- independent individual uh, people. They love their their they love our region and our country. So i tell people is you look at the district rural agricultural majority officially latino i am congressional district 18. help Mm -hmm. me spread that message help people to know is that i'm going to fight for you as an individual i'm I'm, if when i go to washington i'm not going to live there i'm going to be in my district and i'm going to be here to represent you
2: that's fantastic that's fantastic so peter um can we find you on social media where can we where can we get to you if we want to donate or volunteer towards your campaign
1: my website is hernandezforcongress.com. I have Instagram. I have Facebook. Peter Hernandez for Congress. Um, I, I yeah, I'm on on Instagram, Facebook, uh, True Social Getter. I have a Rumble channel. I have a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's uh, Peter at hernandezforcongress.com is my email. So reach out to me. I'd be more than happy
2: to to connect with you. Fantastic! Hey, I just want to thank Peter for. Uh, I know he's he's a super busy man, and he spent a good amount of time with us today. So thank you, Peter, for joining us on today's show. Um, hey, um, go ahead and you know look up Peter. Uh, support him. He supports home ownership. He supports private property rights. He supports the local communities deciding what's best for housing. In their own backyard, and not having the federal government or the state coming in and telling us how we should live, or where should we, or how, or where should we live, or how or where we should build housing. Let's return the power back to the people. Return the power back to the local communities, so that we have some autonomy to do what's best for us, and not have it um, directed from people that don't even understand how we live. Um, And if you don't want to miss another episode of The Real Estate Connection, um, send me an email at info at realestateconnectionradio.com. That's info at realestateconnectionradio.com with your name and email email address, and I'll add you to the podcast distribution list, or you can find me on Podbean or Apple uh, uh, Podcasts under the business section, uh, The Real Estate Connection. So with that, we're going to leave you with our mantra Uh, Joshua 1 9 have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and with that that's another episode of the real estate connection God bless you God bless the United States of America Um, God bless um, all the people out there that are working so hard to earn a living in these times have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next week on another episode of The Real Estate Connection.
0: This has been The Real Estate Connection with realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist, Stephen Thayard. Licensed Cal BRE number 01700019. For more information on this program, visit realestateconnectionradio.com. To contact Stephen directly, call 408-472-0817 or email info at realestateconnectionradio.com. And be sure to tune in next week at this time for The Real Estate Connection.